where you've been informed, I am preaching next Sunday morning. So, uh, so if that offends you, don't. You've been you've been warned. So there you go. Uh, then uh, moving on, uh, the following week, exciting time as well. Brother Joe, Pastor Joe Joseph Bryant will be here, and so you're gonna have a kickoff right away with that because that night after the evening service is also July Fourth. What a great day to start, right? And so so come on, join for hot dogs following the evening service and watch fireworks. Hey, y'all didn't put off fireworks when I came, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so he's getting welcomed with style and so forth. So, uh, by the way, we also need some help uh, uh, this summer with mowing yard and so forth. There's a sign-up sheet in the back, and if you could help with that moving forward, I know folks would appreciate it. But anyway, we're here to do this, not talk about announcements. We're here to worship the Lord. How about y'all? And uh, I'm glad to have my friend Evangelist Harold Vaughn with us today to preach uh, to our hearts. And so let's do this. Let's prepare our hearts with an attitude of uh, worship here and, and spend some time praising him. How many of you, how many of you say God's worthy of our praise this morning? And uh, so let's spend some time. Hey, let's shout it out. Let's sing it out. He's worthy of all the praise that we got. I don't care if you can't sing a sing, sing keep a, what, what do you call it? I can't hit a tune or a tune in a bucket, something, I don't know, something about a bucket. Forget the bucket, just make a joyful noise, amen, and let's sing out unto the Lord, he deserves our praise. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for, uh, Lord, each and every person that's here today, Lord, look forward to just, Lord, what you have in store for us. We came with a spirit of expectancy, Lord, to hear from you, hear from your word, and, and I pray, Lord, that right now as we begin, begin to worship you and praise, sing praises unto you, Lord, you'd receive that, uh, receive that praise that you're so worthy of, and, and Lord, a little later, it's the word of God. God's open. I pray that you'd use my brother, Lord, to preach and teach to every heart. Your Holy Spirit would take your word and apply it to each and every heart. May we leave this place changed. If there would be somebody today that's walked in this place that's never had a time and a place where they turned and put their trust completely in the fact that you died for them, was buried and rose again, but just put all their faith in Jesus. We pray today would be that day, Lord, that they'd get eternally saved. They'd receive the free gift of eternal life by trusting in you. Lord, just, just have your will and way in our service today meet every heart every need today thank you for fathers again lord and thank you for and wish them all a happy father's day but right now we thank you for our heavenly father maybe he be worshiped and adored in christ's name amen Please stand with us as we begin our uh, worship service this morning. God is so good. How many of you thank for that? God is so good. Please stand as we sing. God is so for his blessed assurance this morning.
Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heaven's salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story. that's your story this morning uh, and we can all have that story because he lives
everybody turn and wave this morning. We're, we're, we're switching up our, our order a little bit. That'll be all right in the Baptist church one. Uh, but what we're going to do this morning, we've got a special toward the end. Um, we'll just go to the Lord in prayer. I won't keep you standing too long, but uh, I'll just tell you, I'm gonna, I know he announced it, I'm going to announce it myself. Uh, just keep in mind, uh, you know, uh, the pastor is going to preach for us there next week, and um, it's a time of celebration. And I want to celebrate the, the, the man of God uh, that God called for a specific time and a specific purpose for this local assembly. And, and not, such, not because he's such a great guy, but because we got such a great God. And, and, and in the following week, we're going to transition. And, and, and God's got someone else called for a specific time and a specific purpose for us. And we're going to celebrate that. And we're going to celebrate his incoming. And, and I, just, I just pray that uh, us as a local assembly will be part of the progression and not the recession. You understand? So, so let's get excited about what God's done, what God's going to do. Uh, before we go to the Lord in prayer, I don't know where that came from, but here we go. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your many blessings, Lord. Just uh, thank you for the man of God that, that uh, has served you, Lord. And uh, I just pray for Brother Vaughn as he comes to preach to us this morning. God, I pray that we would uh, open our heart and, and, and just accept what you'd have for us. Fill him up. And I pray that the, the, the rest of the, the service, the rest of the singing, everything will be done to magnify your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Remain standing. Speak, O Lord, and then we'll have our special uh, after that, and we'll have Brother Vaughn come, come preach to us. Oh 
this morning. You may be seated. We'll now have our uh, special this morning by David Kemp. He'll have a brief testimony for us. And then, Brother Vaughn, you come on and preach to us. If I could add what Stephen said, you'll hear it in eternity, but it should be heard on this earth. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I love you. Um, this is, uh, I'm so nervous I can't. I remember years ago, I used to, back when I was all spiritual and years, and I was at a revival or singing or something, and these people were up, never going to sing, and they were like, you know, pray for us, and Y'all pray for us, and y'all pray for us. And, and I thought, why don't you just sing? <laughs> and then I, I, I find myself here, and and, uh, and so I, I'm, would y'all pray for me? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this, uh, this song is, uh, this song came from Prayer Advance um, back in, First prayer events, I think it was 14, I think I went to, and I was in a bad way. I was in a really bad, I was in a, I was a, I was a prodigal, of, I was, for seven, eight years I was out there in a bad place, and, and, uh, went up there in the mountains, and Goshen, Goshen, just cold as, it's like freezing cold, but it was, but it was snow and ice, and, but it was, but it was all right, and, uh, Remember, there was a frozen pond out there that when we went back to the rooms, I didn't know how it went, and I thought people were going to bed, and I thought I didn't come up here to go to bed. And so I put a, <coughs> I had a goose down coat I put on, and I wrapped a wool blanket around, and I went outside, and I walked around that frozen pond for two hours. Uh, and, uh, and then the following year, um, there was a man named Mr. Hughes there. He was from Scotland, I think, and uh, I thought he spoke as the oracles of God, if you can, wonder if you can get that. And uh, the Saturday, the last thing we left, uh, they were having a, a, a thing about marriage and all that up there for, and I, you know, I, I didn't, I'd lost all that. And so Mr. Hughes was having a class down here by himself, and so I'll, I'll go down there. And I guess there was there was about twenty of us. Kind of, I guess we're all in the same shape. And uh, but he spoke from had a little message from <coughs> from Luke about the angel Gabriel, where he said, "I am I am Gabriel, and I stand in the presence of God, and I am and I am sent to you and speaking to you with glad tidings." And he said, just as a angel Gabriel meant him just a messenger, and something about that just touched my heart and and uh and I was I was up in the mountains later uh on, on work and this tune come into my head and I, I don't know where it just God just sent a tune it just and then later on a piece of paper God just gave me words to a song and it just I just wrote I just wrote words down as, as God given to me and to fit and they fit the song and it doesn't have any music but um, and it's uh, 
but it, it's from prayer advance. It, this song is a product of prayer advance. And, uh, and I actually put a song, a prayer advance, a, a, a request in the book, in the, sorry, I'm nervous, but so to be, I might be able to sing this at prayer advance because it comes from prayer advance. But, you know, I'm not a singer and all that. And, but to give glory to God, as Pastor Wells has taught us, that if you ask if a prayer is answered, I mean, how, how are you going to spend How are you going to spend it? You're going to give glory to God. And you want to give glory to God and say, I ain't a prayer advance, but God brought prayer advance here in the form of this man. And he's the, he's the founder of prayer advance. That's pretty cool. God's a big God. He can answer prayers. No problem. So, so this is the song. We call it the prodigal song. And it's not, it's, at that time, it was for a prodigal. It, it helped me. It helped me to. God brought me back from a far, from a far country. And it, it's all about the gospel and the, and the horrors that, the, that the, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit suffered. Um, for time's sake, I'll, I'll, I'll sing a little bit short version of it. I'll leave off the first verse because it's just a repeat of the last verse. It's written in the first person, as a, as a messenger would speak and bring a message. It's, it's written in the first person, so it's, it's, I think it's a little odd. That's 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 how it goes. I am the Father. I am holy. I gave my son, my only I am the Holy Spirit. 
I have sealed you. I will not leave you alone, for I love you. Oh, how I love you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, brother. Good morning. Happy Father's Day. All the fathers lift your hands like this right here. Hey, what a blessing. Children are great. Grandchildren are greater. It's all good. I don't know anything about great-grandchildren, but uh, if we live that long, that would really be something. Hey, I just want to say uh, thank you to Brother Mike. He's been a real friend to me, and I appreciate him. And You know, we ought to honor the people who have helped us and ministered to us. I just did a living memorial for my friend Tom Farrell, who has a brain tumor. So rather than say all kinds of things after he had passed, if he does pass, which they say he will, but I'm still holding out for a miracle, but how much better to hear the stuff and then have a 10-minute graveside. And uh, he could not respond in sentences, but he could... He understood what was going on, even though the tumor has taken such a toll, he couldn't speak back. But it was an honor to honor a, a man of God. And you have a man here, and you're going to honor him next week. And, and God bless you. I just think that's appropriate. I just think that's fitting. And I commend you for doing that very, very thing. Now, thank you for your support of Christ Life Ministries. We appreciate it so very, very much. You guys are a blessing to us. COVID just did a number on everybody. And... Uh, Y'all have been a blessing to us, and we just want to say thank you so very much. We appreciate it. I want you to pray for the upcoming prayer advances. Student advance is coming up here in July. We have a very weak crowd so far, so pray in 100 more kids. Would you do that for me? Uh, pray in 100 more. We got the couples advance coming up in the fall. That's looking good. And boy, am I excited about the men's prayer advance in January. I can't wait to get a thousand guys in there whose hearts are clean singing uh, the roof off. I just can't hardly wait for that. We got the ladies' prayer advance next year. We're so, so looking forward to that. And thank you for uh, your investment in Christ Life Ministries. Now, this, this morning's Father's Day. So I want you to look in Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. Here we find Israel on the verge of the promised land. 
They sent out 12 spies to strategize about how to occupy the territory that God had already given them. This was their chance to realize God's purpose in deliverance from Egypt. Israel had a date with destiny, and this was it. This was the opportunity of a lifetime. Numbers chapter 13, verse 17. Find that and stand to your feet if you would, please. Numbers chapter 13, verse 17. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and said unto them, Get you up this way southward, and go up into this mountain, and see the land, and what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, what the cities be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, and whether they be wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage, and bring of the fruit of the land. Now this was the time of first ripe, group, uh, first ripe grapes. Somebody said life is 10% of what happens to us, and 90% of how we respond to what happens to us. Life is 10% of what happens, 90% of how we respond. And I want us on this Father's Day to look at three responses illustrated by the children of Israel, three categories of people, wimps, whiners, and warriors. Wimps, whiners, and warriors. Look in Numbers chapter 13 for the wimp response. Remain standing, verse 27. Now look in verse 27, Numbers 13. Notice the wimp response. And they told him and said, We came unto this land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of this. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and their cities were walled and very great. Moreover, we saw the children of Anak there, and the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, and the Canaanites live by the sea by the coast of Jordan. Now, look in verse 31, if you would. Verse 31, skip down to this. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against this people, for they are stronger than we. The wimp response, verse 32. They brought up an evil report of the land that they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, This land through which we have gone to search it is a land to catch up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature, and there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which came of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so were we in their sight. I want to tell you something. What you see is what you pursue, and what you see determines what you do. And the wimps could only see problems, walled cities, giants, all kinds of problems. And I want to tell you something. It didn't turn out good for them but it can turn out good for us if we'll get to the warrior response. Lord, have a word in season. Encourage every heart. Bless every life. Bless every home. Encourage every man, every father, grandfather, and every family member. We give you praise with anticipation because we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Now, what you see, you can be seated. What you see determines what you do. Now, the warriors saw a land flowing with milk and honey. Uh, in fact, they brought back these grapes. They had a cluster of grapes that was so huge, they had to put it on a pole between two guys on their shoulders. One guy said that the grapes were so big, 
you could take the pulp out and use the skins for a shower cap. I mean, this was a land of um, grapes and uh, tremendous fruit, tremendous uh, a land of milk and honey. So the warriors saw that. But the whiners, W-H-I-N-E-R-S, in case you're wondering what I'm saying here, uh, whiners, they saw better days back in Egypt, uh, but the, the wimps saw giants and problems. Jebusites, An uh, Amorites, Canaanites, sons of Adam, giants. They were scared to death of these giants. You know, fear makes, faith makes giants look like grasshoppers. Faith makes giants look like grasshoppers, but unbelief makes grasshoppers look like giants. The children of Israel had seen divine performances. They had the divine present and, presence, and yet they were afraid. They were afraid of failure. You should be afraid of your fears because your fears will bring defeat. And the wimps were scared to death. They were terrified. They had an army of 600,000 people, but they saw themselves as grasshoppers. Now, we're living in a time when in the American culture, fear has become paramount. Fear has become normalized, naturalized. We don't know what's going to happen. Even God's people are scared to death of what might happen. Let me just tell you something. We got an uncertain future, but we got a certain God, and we ought to get over and shake off some of our fears and rise up and do right because God is still on the throne. So we got the fear of the future. We got the fear of change. People are paralyzed by fear. The children of Israel chose to die in the wilderness uh, rather than go forward, and the strategy of the devil is to take the fight right out of you. Now, listen, Apollos was a tremendous orator. He was a great communicator of salvation teaching. And, and he was well taught concerning the facts of Jesus, but he had a hole in his theology. He was totally ignorant of the Holy Spirit. So Aquila and Priscilla, business people, took him aside, began to mentor him in the deeper things of God. And Apollos, even though he was a fantastic uh, gospel preacher, uh, he was humble enough to be instructed by business people, one of which was a woman. And I'll just say this to you. If somebody's got more light than I've got, I'm humble enough to sit at their feet and learn from anybody that knows more than I do about the things of God. Now, if Apollos had more to learn, do you think there's any chance that there might be more for us to learn? I go to churches where they know it all. I mean, they're like Bullwinkle. I mean, they know everything, and all they want to hear is the same stuff said in the same way by the same people. Now, uh, how many people come to church not to learn anything new, but only to have reinforced what they already believe? Now, somebody says, well, Harold, if it's true, it's not new. And if it's new, it's not true. Well, can I just say something to you? There's nothing new to God. But there's a whole lot of stuff that would be new to us if we had a heart and a humble heart that was willing to learn something from the Lord. Most people read the Bible not to learn anything new, but only to back up what they say they believe. And one of the reasons that most churches are in decline is because uh, they're reading everything through the lens of tradition and the lens of experience rather than having a holy, hungry humble heart. Now, if Apollos had more to learn, do you think there's anything more that Harold Vaughn needs to learn? I'm telling you, uh, once you stop growing, you start going backward. And when you fail to reach out for more, you're going to end up with less. And one danger of growing older is you stop growing. 
I'm not talking about physical growth there either because most of us keep on growing that away. But the way we ought to be growing is in our spirit, in our grace, in our knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if your soul is not expanding, it's shrinking. And if you're not hungry for more, you're going to end up with less. And Israel chose to stay put rather than go forward. They were afraid of change. The wimp response. Now, the average church in the States has 68 people. 68 people. And churches are in decline because of a lack of spiritual hunger. And the fear of change makes people afraid to be open to learn anything new. Well, if we learn anything new, we might, it might be wrong. If you stay where you're at, you're going to die. Roll the dice and take a risk in Jesus' name. I'm not talking about heresy here. Now, you know what we need. We need a little fresh wind, a little fresh fire. Brother, we need a little fresh touch from God. And we better stop following the traditions of men. Thank God for holy men of old, but they're gone. This is a new day. And they couldn't even function in the culture today. And most churches today, the reason they can't reach the culture they're living in is because they want people to adapt and mold themselves to something that's 50 years old. And I'm just here to tell you, thank God for our heritage. Thank God for our history. But God give us some hot, hungry hearts to go forward in the midst of a changing culture. Good preaching, Brother Harold. Now here we are with a movement-centered, man-centered, ethnic-centered, uh, here we are with a, with a, with a, a culture-centered kind of movement. What about a God-centered movement? Now, let me tell you about learners. Learners are people who are willing to unlearn what they never should have learned in order to learn what they should have learned in the first place. I, got, I come out of a liberal church. I got in an independent, soul-winning, red-hot, born-again Baptist church. Thank God for the good things that was there. But there were some stupid things there, too. One guy got up one day and said, if you wear wire-rimmed glasses, that's a sign you're a liberal and on your way to hell. How stupid is stuff like that? If you got get fender skirts over your ears as a man, that's a, that's a sign of, that's against the word of God. <laughs> How stupid is that for crying out loud? Now listen, have your standards, have your beliefs, but base them on the word of God and the changing currents. And by the way, it used to be dungarees was a sign of, of uh, liberalism. Anybody remember what I'm talking about? Some of the stuff that, that, was, that was said? Anybody remember some of that? Well, brother, I'm telling you, that, that's just what I'm, get over that, man, and get to the black and white mandates of the word of God. This is really good here this morning. Now listen to this quote. Listen to this. He who loses wealth loses much. He who loses friends loses more, but he who loses courage loses all. You know what courage is? Confidence in the character of God in seasons of distress. Listen to this one. We are continually faced with a series of great opportunities, brilliantly disguised as insoluble problems. And you know the children of Israel, they had problems. They had these giants. And I ask you this morning, what are the giants in your life? Giants of fear. Giants of anxiety. I've been working through a two-month conflict problem. I think I've either invested or wasted two months hung up on temporal things. <laughs> I'm thanking God for showing me the way out of this mess so I can get on with what I'm supposed to be doing. But what are the giants in your life? Selfishness? Carnality, besetting sins, 
addictions, grief. I mean, what is it? And, and, and listen, we're all facing giants. And here's, here's, the, here's the thing. Coming to Christ doesn't get rid of all the giants. But coming to Christ gives us the courage to press on. But the wimps made the wrong choice. There was the wimp response. Number two, I want you to notice this. There was the whiner response. W-H-I-N-E-R-S. Whiner response. Look, at, look in chapter 14, verse 1. L look at this. And all the congregation, after they heard this bad report, all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept all night. Man. And the children of Israel murmured, say that word out loud, murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would to God we had died in the land of Egypt. Would to God we had died in this wilderness. That sounds like a Baptist meeting in some of the a business meeting in some of the churches I've been to. How ridiculous is this? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us, now they're blaming God, into this land, land to fall by the sword and our wives and our children to be a prey, were it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us make a captain and return to Egypt. Can you believe it? They cried to God for deliverance from bondage. God got them out. And here they are in the wilderness and seeing all these problems and giants and walled cities. And now they want to make a fire, crucify Moses and go back into bondage. Now, how many would say, there's nothing to go back to? There's nothing to go back to. I mean, there's nothing back there. Now listen, all they could see were difficulties. They were blinded by their unbelief. They had this pent-up frustration. So what did they do? They criticized Moses. Yeah, blame him. Unreasonable, unjust, instead of ascribing fault to the ten unbelieving spies, instead of ascribing fault to the unbelief in their own hearts, what did they do? They attacked Moses, which was really an attack on God. Uh, let me tell you something. You can't learn from people you don't respect. They had no respect for God's appointed leader, Moses. None. You can't, you can't learn from people you don't respect. You can't benefit from people you don't honor. And now God had told them that the land was excellent. God had promised to guide them. He had promised to drive out the heathen nations. And he commanded them to go up and possess it. So they sent out the spies to figure out how to, how to take the land. And, and, and Israel listened to ten faithless spies. They murmured against Moses. You know what murmuring is? Complaining to people who can't do anything about it. Stop it. <laughs> In Jesus' name, stop it. So they listened to ten faithless cowards instead of two brave believers. Now the consequences of listening to an evil report, they were disheartened. You watch news all day long, no wonder you look like you do this morning. You're disheartened. You're distressed. And, and the Bible says they were weeping all night long. They lifted up their voices and they cried. Is it any wonder they were upset? Listening to the wrong people always causes and brings disaster. Now, listening to slander will incite you to slander. Those ten spies got up there, and man, there's giants over there. They number problems over there, and man, this like listening to Dr. Phil and Oprah. No wonder they were wore out. I'm uh, listening to all that garbage, all that nonsense. 
I mean, for crying out loud. And, and, and can I tell you something? After hearing the evil report, they wanted to select a new leader and go back into bondage. Ten spies halted the progress of a nation for 38 years. You know what courage is? It's faith in action. Faith in action. Cowardice is faith in defeat. Jude talks about murmurers and complainers walking in their own lust. I was in high school. We had the, we had the FFA. Who knows what the FFA stands for? The future what? Yeah, I got at a church and found out there was another group, the FFA, Future Pharisees of America. I just made a little reference to that a moment ago, so I won't repeat it. But suffice it to say, all the time complaining, all the time critiquing, all the time analyzing, all the time speculating, all the time just saying stuff. Now, in the Gospels, there was a woman who anointed Jesus, and would you believe that people murmured against her. Why are you wasting all this oil? I'll tell you why. She, it wasn't any waste at all. She was anointing the Son of God, and they so far out in the woods, they couldn't even discern that he was the Christ of God. That's what was going on. Now, every church and every movement has resident critics. Resident critics. Criticize the message. Well, that's too far, brother. Don't you know who we are here? Yeah, I know who you are, and I know who we ought to be in Christ. Amen? So that's what we're going for. Criticize the messenger, criticize the maker. They provoked God in the wilderness. God didn't take it too kindly, by the way. You know what criticism is? It's the death rattle of a non-achiever. Perennial criticism is the death gargle of a non-achiever. Have you noticed that people who all the time criticize never make a contribution to the cause? Uh, Bill McLeod said that judging and, and criticizing is the favorite indoor sport of Christians. The favorite indoor sport. Speak not evil one of another. Great men talk about ideas. Small men talk about people. The word devil is from diabolos, which means slanderer. <laughs> that, that's his name. He's a slanderer. The Puritan, one Puritan said, when the devil doesn't go personally, he just sends a critic. And the Bible says in James, but if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, lie not against the truth. This wisdom doesn't come from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. And the Bible says where there's envy and strife, there's confusion and every evil work. Can I say something to you? We better be working to maintain unity and the bond of peace in these desperate days. Our children and grandchildren don't need to be in a turmoil of, of constant, a barrage of, of hacking and criticism. Look, things are going to go wrong. We're going to have to deal with them by the, best we, by the grace of God, with the, by the best we can. But God deliver us uh, from going on diatribes and discounting every good thing that was ever done just because somebody makes a mistake. This is excellent sermon. I hope it's being recorded. I want to listen to it myself. Now... Can I just say to you that a, a, that a critical spirit may not be a sign of discernment. It may be a sign of the demonic. <clears throat> Speak not evil one of another. Mindless, thoughtless, careless, critical, derogatory speech. You know what a dirt devil is? A dirt devil is a religious individual who can siphon up dirt on the best of the saints. And Satan is a dirt devil. He's a slanderer. In Genesis, he slandered God to man. 
He said to Adam and Eve, hath God said? He distorted the words of God, defamed the character of God, slandered the integrity of God, and attacked the motives of God. Can you believe attacking God? And then in the book of Job, Satan slandered man to God. And you know what, you know what Satan said to God? Well, the only reason Job's serving you is you've got him hedged up. You take that away and he's going to cuss you to your face. He's a slanderer, I'm telling you. Is it not easy, is it not easy to prejudge and wrongly judge the motives of others? Is it not easy to catalog faults, look for blemishes, rehearse failures? Is it not easy to repeat things we don't know to be true? Is it not easy to say things and put things in the worst possible light? You know what slander is? Slander is the Slander is the straw that siphons the dregs of depravity from the bottom of the human heart. <laughs> and you know what? There's a plenty of things that's wrong. But I've determined instead of looking for the dirt, by the grace of God, I want to look for the gold. And I want to get over the sorry things that have happened and get on with what's going to happen. And sometimes we need to repent of a whining, complaining spirit. So here we have the whiners. Well, I don't want anything to do with them, do you? And here we have the wimps. I don't want anything to do with them. Let's get to this. The warriors. Now look in chapter 13, verse 30. Old uh, Caleb, man, what a guy. Old Caleb. And Caleb still the people before Moses. And look at what he said. Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. What a 85-year-old dude had more fire than the under-40 crowd. Listen up, millennial crowd. The 85-year-old dude had the fire and he had the faith. The wimps saw the giants. The whiners saw the garlics back in Egypt. But the warriors saw the goodness of God in the land of the living. Now, the war war warriors focus... Uh, whiners focus on what they're going through. Champions focus on what they're going to. You know what Caleb had to do? He had to detach himself from the climate of unbelief. He had to uh, detach himself from the fearful and the naysayers and the unbelievers. And let me encourage you this morning. Hey, don't let a setback cause you to draw back. If you messed up, fess up, get up and keep on going down the road. Wimps focus on what is. They look around and survey the uh, circumstance. Uh, whiners focus on what was. They're looking back to the better days, supposed better days in Egypt. 15-hour days working in bondage and eating slop, and that looked good to them. Whiners focus on what was. And by the way, there was some good things in the good old days, but not everything was great in the good old days. Three-speed transmissions that got hung up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I, I, I mean, there was some good back there. But the whiners fo focus on uh, what, what was, but the warriors focus on what can be. They're looking ahead. Now, men and women, let's quit looking at the way things are. Let's just quit that for a minute, and let's look at the way things can be. I want to give you three characteristics of a warrior based on Caleb. Caleb had three things that everybody else lacked. Number one, he had three things we all need. Number one, he had faith. He had faith. He said, we are well able to overcome it. How many would like to hear a little well-able talk every now and then? 
Well, we can't do that. Well, the culture's changed. Well, the government is. Well, 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 well. So what? Northern ain't sovereign. God is. Just quit worrying about stuff so much. It's what, I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is just, 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 just a little well-able thinking, a little well-able praying. Put your confidence in God. That's what faith is. The wimps were preoccupied with fear. Whiners were preoccupied with fussing. But the warriors were preoccupied with faith. And faith is deliberate confidence in the character of God in times of crisis. Warriors view obstacles as unrealized opportunities. Alan Redpath said, let's keep our chins up and our knees down. We're on the victory side. Frank Retev said, faith is the conviction that God does not tell lies. One guy said, faith is man's weakness leaning on God's strength. And the Bible says, whatsoever is not of faith is, say that out loud, whatever is not of faith is, God's greatest pleasure is to be believed. God's greatest grief is to be doubted. And God is pleased when people will dare believe him. I have a friend in Carolina. I just got the report. I know this doesn't happen every time, but we rejoice when it does. Somebody had, a, had the worst possible medical diagnosis. So the pastor felt impressed to have a prayer of faith prayer meeting. So they got the guy up to the front, told the ch church that he was dead unless God did a miracle. Everybody in church came by, laid hands on him, prayed the prayer of faith. Would you believe when he went back for the next checkup down at, I think it was Duke, I'm not sure. Sir, that they couldn't find anything wrong with that guy. Now, I know that doesn't happen all the time. And, and if you're sick, I wish that would happen all the time. Okay, I, 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 I mean this. I wish this happened every time. But it does happen sometimes. So why not go ahead and believe God and pray in faith and shoot the moon and, and believe God for the best? What do we got to lose here? We got nothing to lose. And I'm telling you, okay, but Caleb was bursting with faith. Non-expectancy is sin. Now, here, here's, here's another one. one more verse. Look in chapter 14, verse 24. Now, you're going to like this. 14, verse 24. Here's what God said. But Caleb, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him. Say that out loud. Another spirit with him. And when I say, say it out loud, I mean you to open your mouth and say it out loud. Say it out loud. Another spirit with him and has followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. Now, Caleb was different. He had another spirit on him. God said he followed me faithfully, unwavering fidelity. He said, him will I bring into the land. Now, Caleb had a different outlook. He was a man of vision. He was a man of passion. And you know, believing you actually possess what you ask for in prayer is not presumption. I think the Bible calls that faith. So, so, you know, Moody said, if God is your partner, make your plans big. A a and Caleb was bursting with faith. We're well able. I mean, he was just, he was amazing. We're well able to take the land. But notice the second thing he had, the others lacked. He had fire. He had a little fire. Now, you know, some churches, when you go to church, it's like getting an infomercial. A dispassionate pastor is parsing every word. And, well, brethren, we don't have to display high volume in our prayers because God is not deaf. 
So they, they, they strip what little excitement might happen to be. If any of the Pentecostals come in, they get shut down right off the bat. And, and just stripping out what little fire, what little fire that somebody might have, uh, and, and just... Calm teachers teaching calm people how to be even more calm. And calm is good at times. I go, I'm sitting in the woods, and I'm still, and I try to get quiet. There's a place for that. But I'm going to tell you, there's a place for fire, too. And, oh, Caleb, he had the fire, did he not? You know, in the book of Acts, two symbols for the Spirit of God, wind and fire. Hmm, some, a commotion. <laughs> something going on. Something, on, something burning here. Something blowing here. A little, heartly, a little holy heartburn. And you know something about fire? It warms. Now, boy, we don't need that now <laughs> uh, in uh, 100 degrees. We don't, but, but fire will warm, it lightens, it consumes, it purifies, and it animates. And I'll tell you one thing. Old Caleb, he had the fire. And, and where holy fire is, there's initiative. It's not looking to maintain. It's not looking to put in time. It's not looking just to meet the budget. It's not looking just to same old No, there's initiative. There's holy uh, longings. There's sanctified ambitions and there's some animation and and the bible says they that know their god shall do exploits they that know their god not going to sit around and do not they're going to do exploits why because there's something burning in their souls now think about old caleb he didn't suggest that they form a committee and spend five years studying on whether they ought to go into Egypt or into the promised land no he, he, let us go up at once. He had faith, but he had the fire. He said, let us go up right now at once. But let me give you the third thing old Caleb had that we need, all, everybody needs, fortitude. He had some fortitude. Faith, fire, fortitude. He said, let us go up at once and possess it. Let's follow this thing through. This is the plan God has given us, and Caleb was ready for a fight. Now listen. Caleb could not acclimate himself to the wilderness. Uh, he wasn't at home. He wasn't content to waste, waste the rest of his life uh, tra trouncing around in circles. His body was in the wilderness, but his heart was in the promised land. Ian Paisley said the Israelites here were like a cage of canaries. A lot of activity, but no progress. A lot of activity, but no progress. Now, a lot was going on, but they were going nowhere. They were marching in circles. I took my wife on a cruise years ago. It was on the Oasis of the Seas, the largest cruise ship in history. Well, in the promenade, they had a real merry-go-round, a full-size merry-go-round. So we're down there walking around in the uh, uh, promenade, the open area, and here's this Mary Grant, they got that thing going with the pump organ over there, you know, the tent-meaning pump organ they got going over there, you know that music, that thing bouncing around, and, and, and here, here's this merry-go-round. So the children were on that thing, and they get on those little horses, and you know, up and down, up and down, and they just go around in circles, like this right here, and uh, every time they'd come around, they'd see their parents, and they'd be waving at them like they'd been on a trip to a far distant country. And now they're waving at them like this. And here they are going around in circles, you know. And every time they'd come around, here they are, you know, like this is a new day. you know, <laughs> And they're just going around in circles all the time like this. And just like they were going nowhere, but they thought they had been somewhere. 
And you know what? In the Christian life, if you're not careful, you can get into a religious routine. You're just going around in circles. You ain't going nowhere. Ain't nothing happening. Ain't nothing cooking in your heart. But brother, we got to have a little fortitude to take the land that God's got for us. I don't think it's over. I don't think it's, I don't care what tragedy you've suffered. I don't think it's over. You say, well, I had cancer. Well, you're still here, ain't you? You say, well, my home messed up. You're still here, ain't you? Well, I had a setback. I fell into a beset. Well, you're still here, ain't you? Quit going around and search. Get off the merry-go-round. Get on the Calvary Road, man. Let's go forward and, and see what God... I'm expecting the Holy Ghost to come and do things I ain't never seen in my entire life. By the way, down there in Kernersville, North Carolina, going into the third week on their tent meeting, Friday night they had a service that lasted over three hours. I can see some of you are excited about that, but it went over for three hours. <laughs> All I'm telling you is this, that... Um, there was something going on down there. 42 young people got born again. Can anybody give a shout of hallelujah on that point right there? Well, I don't like the music they did. Well, nobody asked your opinion in the first place. Can't you rejoice that God's doing something down there? Well, I don't like that style of preaching, that wind-sucking preaching. Well, you know, the style don't make any difference. Can I say something to you? My style preferences are not Bible absolutes. It'd do you good if you'd say that out loud. Together. My style preferences are not Bible absolutes. Now look, we all like a certain style of preaching or a certain style of music, right? Okay, that's fine. But can't we appreciate the grace of God on somebody that sounds different or preaches different or has a different... Who cares what the style is? If God's pleased with them, we ought to be for them. Jesus said, if they're not against me, they're for me. Keep your mouth shut and rejoice and go on down the road. Now, back to the sermon here. Fortitude is what we're talking about. Now, Caleb was swimming upstream. Uh, the ten spies were bound by fear. I mean, they were terrified. But old Caleb was bursting with faith. I just went to Florida. Not trying to boast or anything, but did anybody see those gigantic fish on Facebook? <laughs> did you see those fish? Amazing, amazing. Praise the Lord. Now, yeah, you want to look those up. Uh, but, 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 but you know what? We caught so many fish in 35 minutes, we limited out on American giant red snappers. So we caught some more, and we tried to release them, but their lung had come up in their throat, and you've you got to do a veterinary procedure or they're going to die. So we looked behind the boat, and here's these giant fish floating up. Now, I'll tell you about a, a, a dead fish. It floats with the current. It takes a live fish to swim upstream. And, and can I say something to you? We need to get the life of God into us, brother, to swim up against the stream of and the currents that are all around us, fortitude. Now listen, it's, it must be a sin not to live up to our privileges, don't you think? D to live up to our privileges. The cities were, high, were, were great, but God was greater. The walls were high, but God was higher. The giants were big, but God was bigger. And there's never been a wall too high for God, never been a city too great for God, never been a giant too strong for God. And we're all going to face stuff. And we're facing stuff right now. Every one of us, we, we got something that we're encountering, some kind of a giant going on. But listen to this. Exhort one another daily. Daily. And so much the more as you see the day approaching, lest you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Today, if you will hear God's voice, don't harden your heart as in the provocation with whom God 
was grieved for 40 years, was it not with them who had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? See, we, so we see that they cannot enter in because of unbelief. The wimps and the whiners died. In the, they never got out. They prophesied their own doom. It'd be better if we'd gone back to Egypt. I mean, they prophesied their own doom for crying out loud. Quit listening to these fatalist teachers. Quit listening to these people that strip the hope out of you. Quit listening to people that just say, well, ain't nothing we can do. We're just stuck down here and we're going to go on for the ride and see what happens. That's like the hyper-Calvinist that fell down the staircase and got up and wiped off his brow and said, well, thank God that's over. Now, can I just say something to you that uh, when, when you fall down the staircase, uh, get up and understand that God can help you to plow on in faith if you will believe Him. Now, uh, you get to choose your destination. Wilderness or promised land. You, get, you, you got a choice in this. It's not all foreordained. You got some choices to make. Are you listening to me? There's some responsibilities of grace. Thank God. We all know it's the grace of God. None of us would have gotten saved if God had to rescue us and, and turn. We all know, we, we understand that, correct? But after we get saved, it's not for, your decisions are not foreordained by God. You make your own decisions and your decisions will determine your destiny and so will mine. And I want to get out of the pit of despair. I want to get out of the pit of depravity. I want to get out of the pit and I want to sail on. Take heed lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now the warriors, the winners, have a different reality. They're different from the whiners and warriors. They're just different. Now listen, they operate on the basis of where they are, seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. They operate on the basis of who they are. They're in Christ. They're not in Adam. They're not in the flesh. They're new creations in Christ Jesus. How many believe that God's people have the divine nature planted in their hearts? Does anybody believe that here? Why in the world do we all we ever hear about is depravity? Why don't we hear something about the righteousness of God implanted into the human heart in the person of Jesus Christ through the Spirit of, of, of Almighty God? Why don't we hear something about that every now and then, Brother Danny? I mean, for crying out loud, let's hear a little dose of that. Now, listen, they operate on the basis of, of where they, what they already have. They have everything that pertains to life and godliness in Christ Jesus. Now, life is 10% of what happens to us and 90% of how we respond to what happens to us. So there's three responses here in our text. The wimp response, the whiner response, the warrior response. Now, the wimps... Uh, and, and, and whiners perished, but the warriors got into the promised land, and Caleb and Joshua were the only two over 40 who made it into the land of promise. So here's the message. Gentlemen, it's, it's Father's Day. It's time to man up. Let's cast our fears on the Lord. Let's face the giants. Let's get a different spirit on us like Caleb. God help us to regain a right perspective to quit complaining and to get battle ready and to quit looking at all the negatives and look at the divine possibilities. Let's pick up the shield of faith and say, Dear God, give us your fire and your fortitude that we could finish the course with joy. Anybody here this morning want the fire, faith, and fortitude? Lift your hand up way high this morning. Boy, we want that, don't we? Praise the Lord. So let's believe God for a better day. Let's stand together this morning. And uh, 
Sister, just play something, if you would, please, appropriate. Father, thank you for this good, good day, Lord. Thank you for the good grace of God. Thank you for putting in your book, Lord, such an example, a heavy example about wimping and whining and, and the warriors. Lord, we want to be like uh, Caleb, Father. Would you just instill in our hearts this morning a fresh wind and a fresh fire and, Lord, give us some fortitude as we exercise our faith to believe you. Would, you. would you just lift up the shield of faith in your heart here this morning? Just lift up the shield of faith. Sister, just play something if you would. God's talking to you. Would you just deal with him right now? Ask the Lord to take away the whining spirit. Confess it as sin. Get over that wimp perspective. Oh God, put the faith of God and the fire of God in my heart. Believe God for your family today. Your children, your grandchildren, sir, ma'am. Believe God for your home. Believe God for your church. Lord, we want to go forward in faith. God can heal the broken heart and we can go forward with God's hand and God's power. Now pray some prayers for people that's going, been through terrible, terrible difficulties and terrible storms for the restoring hand and peace and grace of God uh, just to renew them, refresh them, revive them and give them instruction for the next leg of the journey. Lord, give us the spirit that Caleb had on him. God, give us that Caleb spirit. Lord, deliver us from the Charlie Brown spirit. Give us the Caleb spirit. Bless your people. Encourage your people, Lord. Encourage every father, husband, grandfather, every man, every woman, every wife, every grandmother, every child, every son, every daughter, every boy, every girl, every young person, every middle-aged. God, just, Father, would you just uh, put, put this spirit within us, Lord of faith, fire, and fortitude. Direct us, Lord, as we close. Singing song here in just a moment. And just What a great challenge. What a message. Amen. Let's be people of faith. People of fire, people of fortitude. What what a great challenge to move forward with. And brother, I appreciate that so much. And I ask you if you go on to the back so folks could shake your hand and and uh, and if you, nobody gives you a hug, I'll hug you after a while. Amen. <laughs> I appreciate your friendship, my friend, and uh, thank you, thank you again for a great challenge today. How many of you say I want to leave here? Well, I'm I'm tired of being a whiner, complainer. Let's go forward for the great with the grace of God, by the grace of God, and for the glory of God. 
Let's do that very thing. Let's pray. We'll sing this morning. Father, just thank you for the message. Thank you for the messenger. Thank you for Lord Brother Vaughn, his friendships. Thank you for the challenge that was needed in this place today, Lord. I believe that was the right word for the right day and the right time. And Lord, may we heed to it, Lord. And Lord, it's easy to be a critic. It's easy to be a whiner. It's easy to be a murmurer, Lord. Lord, the world does that. Lord, we're called above that. And Lord, so help us be people just like Caleb, people of faith, people full of fire and excitement about what you're going to do, what you have done and what you're going to do. And then, Lord, people that move forward with fortitude. Thank you for the message again. May, may you use it in every heart and every life, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. We'll close with a song, and, you, yes, and you're dismissed. But thanks be to God who give us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Victory in Jesus as we're dismissed. in the back, got something in the back there with uh, Brother Vaughn there. Take a look.